Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Arup Chakravarti from Equifax UK join us. Arup, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Absolutely. Firstly, thank you so much for having me on the uh, on the podcast. Actually, it's a, it's a real pleasure to be here. A little bit about myself. I have been in essentially sales enablement for almost all of my career. I'd say I started off in maybe more of a kind of a sales operations stream. And that's again, going back almost 20 years now working in financial services. Um, I've always been in a B2B context, working in a B2B context, and so therefore always in that space where I've been very close to sales teams and account management teams and helping them become much more effective and productive at what they do. Certainly 20 years ago, there wasn't really a kind of a sales enablement domain. I think sales operations was perhaps just starting out then. But, you know, in terms of what that that domain is today, if you think about it, either as revenue operations or revenue enablement, it's so much more sophisticated. It's so much more mature and so much more complex and, and in many respects also so much more of a satisfying environment in which to work in, say, than 20 years ago. But, you know, over that period of time, I've sort of seen how the entire domain, the discipline has matured, as I said, how it's moved from, say, sales operations, which is, you know, again, 20 years ago, maybe literally looking at things like sales incentive plans to, you know, doing sales performance to maturing into sales tools such as CRM, etc. And of course, now, you know, that that whole space is such a strong blend of sales operations and sales enablement, which naturally includes training and coaching and development. So yeah, so that's been my career pathway for actually all of all of my career, all in 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 a B two B context. We're excited to have you here, Arup. We've worked with you numerous times over the years, so I'm so glad you're able to join our podcast. Now, in the past, we, we've we've talked about the power of leveraging artificial intelligence or AI to increase sales effectiveness. In your experience, what are some of the benefits of using AI in enablement? Great. I'm glad you've asked me that question. And let's just cut it back to something that's, you know, why would you use AI? Why would any organization use AI? And kind of what value does it get from from AI in different business functions and different business use cases? So fundamentally, the value of AI is, is you know, it's essentially getting the computer to process a huge amount of data and to process all of that data in a much more intelligent and frankly, much more powerful and accelerated manner than any human being could do. So, you know, AI in in most applications, in most use cases, artificial intelligence, machine learning, what it's effectively doing is going through huge, huge, huge amounts of data and finding consistent patterns in those data. And in the process of finding consistent patterns, flagging up those patterns for some type of decision making, right? So at its simplest, you could have, you know, even in the consumer world, when you're looking at, you know, things like... Netflix, if you've got your Netflix account and Netflix throws up or Amazon throws up certain items, certain kind of items that you might be interested in purchasing or certain movies or TV shows that you might be interested in watching, what's happening there really is just a huge amount of data that's being processed, data about yourself in terms of what you like to do, but data about, you know, similar profile consumers that are also looking at at similar programs and then decisioning being made in terms of what you might like. So that's all in many respects that AI is doing, right? In the context of what we think about in most business use cases, it's looking at a huge amount of data and then being able to pinpoint certain behavioral patterns in that data. Within the context of enablement, especially revenue enablement, 
it's it's really powerful because effectively what it's doing is it's helping an organization and individuals in an organization be much more intelligent in in you know in the context of identifying some of their customers, their clients, whether it's existing or prospective customers that may be closer to making some type of buying decision. You're looking at patterns of behavior, either at the individual level, or you're looking at patterns of behavior within an, an organization, a firm level, that gives you that sense of, if you think about buyers and buyers in a marketplace, and, and you, you know this yourself as well, right? That the way that enablement has changed and the way that buyers purchase has, has shifted so fundamentally that, that you know, now it's, it's so much less about the sales effort into the buyer, but so much more about how a buyer discovers a particular company, how a buyer goes through that buyer journey and how sellers are able to educate that buyer through that process. What AI does is kind of just help an organization, sellers within an organization, just be much smarter about identifying which companies are closer towards making a buying decision. And I love that. What does it look like to embed AI into your enablement programs, though? What are what are maybe some of the key ways that you've implemented AI-driven programs? Yeah, so I'll take that in two halves, uh, because the second half, you're asking me how I implemented AI. And, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, I would love to have implemented a lot more AI, right? I think it's a really exciting space. I think, you know, forward-looking companies that do implement AI in terms of their sales marketing processes get a lot of value from it and you know and absolutely I, I would love to have done some more but let's first talk about you know some of the use cases and some of the implementations that we see you know we, we we sort of hear ai being much more prevalent in terms of some of the sales stack in terms of some of the marketing stack and and, and how that's helping again as i said companies make much more intelligent decisions about which buyers they should engage with and when we definitely see that in terms of conversation intelligence. I mean, obviously, you know, some of the big names, they're great companies because what they've been doing is clearly being able to build out capabilities where they can analyze unstructured verbal communications and in the process start to identify different types of sentiments. And again, it's just that process of if you can listen to that conversation, you can be intelligent in terms of how you analyze that conversation. You can get the machine, the computer to flag up insights and behavioral patterns to you. It then starts to give you as a sales rep with that capability in a company that that's selling to a set of buyers, it starts to give you a really clear indication in terms of which of your buyers are potentially closer towards making a buying decision. So we absolutely see that when you see um, deals being tracked through CRM and through pipeline, the revenue intelligence capabilities have AI that are analyzing, again, how that deal and information about that deal is being tracked. So it starts to Again, exhibit information about is a particular deal closer to to being a converted close one, or actually, you know, is there is there less confident in terms less confidence in terms of that deal coming to a successful closure? So those are sorts of the areas where, when you look at revenue enablement in particular, those are the sorts of areas where we're starting to see AI getting embedded into a lot of that kind of that revenue value chain. If you if you think about all of the different activities that a seller needs to go through to be able to prepare for, engage with, propose to, uh, go through the, through a negotiation process, all of those, you know, and, and again, capturing information in their CRM system, capturing information across a number of different systems, utilizing sales enablement platforms to be able to access information, be much smarter in terms of their, their, their kind of their selling engagement. All of those areas are just becoming much more sophisticated in terms of utilizing kind of machine learning, artificial intelligence to be able to help 
automate a number of decisions to be able to help bring information up to a sales rep and also to be able to help that sales rep understand how they're engaging with a customer and, and the levels of, of kind of sentiment and engagement from that customer. Fantastic. One thing you mentioned is the importance of, you know, essentially demystifying AI for enablement leaders. Why do you think some leaders might be apprehensive about leveraging AI? And and what is your advice for demystifying AI for them? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know if enablement leaders are necessarily apprehensive about implementing AI. I think it's just a case of, you know, not necessarily having a clear picture of of what AI means and you know and, and and how it can deliver value. And I think I think there's also a certain confusion in terms of artificial intelligence, machine learning, its association with data science and kind of having a very big data science function. I sort of see the deployment of AI into business processes, it really falls into kind of two buckets for me. What I call the kind of the functional level deployment of AI or the kind of application level deployment of AI. And in the functional level deployment of AI, what you've got there is exactly that. You know, you've got like very big organizations, oftentimes banks, because banks have been doing this in very big financial institutions. Banks have been doing this for a really long period of time, right? You get, you know, a a whole bunch of really smart people, data engineers and data scientists that know what they're doing and kind of know how to code the machine and code the data. They implement a whole bunch of, and and again, because it's a bank, you know, they'll have lots of on-premise infrastructure, lots of server power, lots of space that they can bring in a huge amount of data. And again, oftentimes because it's banks, whether it's credit card companies or mortgage companies or any type of, you know, kind of financial transaction related businesses, they have a huge amount of information in terms of how people utilize their products, their financial services products. So they're able to do a huge amount of analysis engineer that data, process that data, have their kind of their, you know, the the smart guys, you know, in terms of the data scientists looking at that and then being able to build out decisioning models in terms of, you know, is is a root going to default on his credit card? Is a root looking like the type of person we want to be able to make a mortgage loan to, et cetera? And that's that's kind of AI in the the functional level, right? Utilizing again a a huge amount of human resource to to build out like a, a very, very, very powerful and of course a very expensive function. So that's what I call kind of call AI, the functional level. And, 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 you know, a lot of big institutions are doing that, but you need to be a very, a very large scale, well-established enterprise. Again, oftentimes a bank in, in terms of financial services to, to be able to have that type of a, a function. Whereas I think a lot of companies now are starting to realize that AI is, is now being embedded more into the application level. You can get it in all of those different capabilities, you don't necessarily know how the AI is working 100%. It's a little bit of a black box, but that's okay. If you know that that you're, you're buying into one of those companies and you know that, that, that you know, as you plug it in, you plug it into your sales process, uh, you plug it into kind of your sales enablement and engagement processes, that you start to see the value. It starts to help automate decisions. It makes life easier for the sales rep. That's the application level a kind of deployment of AI. If you talk about our enablement leaders, kind of apprehensive or nervous about engaging with AI, I don't think they are. I think you know, I I think it's just a case of being able to realize that a lot of the the AI that that you know that enablement leaders work with are, is already there. It's already embedded into their application. It's already embedded into the way that they're kind of working. And so the big challenge for enablement leaders is if you have all of those applications, how do you ensure that in a way, the AI across each of those individual platforms is working in as 
harmonized a manner as possible, right? And I think, again, you know, there's there's a lot of talk that's been coming out recently about the Frankenstein, where you end up with too much, you know, with too many kinds of different uh, tools within your sales stack. They don't necessarily fit together really well. The AI within each of those tools is kind of sending you up different decisions and different kind of insights, and, and, and that might not be harmonized. So, Whilst you've got all of this AI, the challenge for an enablement leader might not be the desire to utilize AI, might actually be the sort of the problem that AI delivers. Because if you've got if you've got all of these applications, you may suddenly find that actually the, the decisioning that you're getting from it is 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 not necessarily harmonized all the way through. I, I love that. Now AI it helps makes predictions, but it it's up to enablement teams to really utilize these predictions for success. So what are some of the ways in which you've leveraged AI predictions to aid in decision making? Yeah, no, absolutely. So the one I love I'd love to thank you again, thank you for asking that. Love to call out um my time at Elevon, which is, uh, you know, kind of my most recent company, um, I joined Equifax about, you know, six, seven weeks ago. So I've still yet to figure out, you know, where we have some of these opportunities and what we can develop and do and perhaps what are some of the vendors and deployment capabilities we're going to look at. But more recently with Elevon, I spent seven years there and in the last three years looked at developing and building out um, a customer data platform capability with AI embedded into it. And what we did with that was a really simple, on the face of it, a really simple business retention use case, a kind of customer retention use case. Now, Elevon Merchant Services is a payments processor. So um, in our portfolio of, of customers is, is huge, you know. So, you know, we have uh, in the region of 200,000 plus customers across all of, of, of Europe. So we have a very, very, very big portfolio of SMB customers that are remotely managed. And we have naturally a, a very small proportion of um, account managers as opposed to the, the number of accounts in the portfolio. In fact, we've got about you know, sort of 50 to 60 account managers against uh, you know, a total portfolio in that SMB space, a total portfolio of more than 100,000 accounts. So you've got a very, very, very big portfolio and a very, very, very small team on a proportionate basis. So when it comes to saving customers, when it comes to retaining customers, that's the biggest challenge that the team had. In a lot of instances, they weren't even necessarily speaking to as proactively as they would like to an individual customer in that portfolio uh, on a regular basis. So the the you know the, the the challenge that we had was that how do you then flag up customers into the into the team that that could be at a much higher risk of cancelling and attriting. Um, through that customer data platform, the CDP solution that we deployed, we were able to train that with the AI data, with the huge amount of information that we had in terms of where we'd seen uh, retention, retention challenges, where customers had cancelled, but equally where customers had been going to cancel, but we'd saved them. We trained that entire environment so that effectively what we could start to do was about three to four months ahead of a customer potentially cancelling, we were able to see some of the signals and those signals that were coming through would give us an indication that, you know, this customer is at risk of cancelling. So, yeah, so we did that and we did, you know, I'm very proud of the team, you know, obviously no longer with them, but of course, very proud of the team because we deploy that and certainly through the course of 2021, we worked through a total list of about 7,500 customers. About 50% of those customers were genuinely at risk of cancelling. We caught those 50%, you know, talking about 3,200 odd customers. We caught those customers two to three months ahead of cancelling. And again, you know, not my team, but this is the account management team. We facilitated their effectiveness. We facilitated their productivity. So they had the right conversations 
at the right time and we're able to save about 80% of those customers, which is fantastic. So all in all, you know, across the board, the contribution that, you know, my, my team made, you know, again, through that AI deployment, through the customer data platform, the contribution that the team made was was nigh on $2 million through the course of 2021. So really pleased in terms of a simple use case like that, which is like, how do you identify customers that are potentially going to cancel? Uh, be confident about that and get in front of that conversation before the customer does cancel. Mm-hmm. And in your experience, what are some of the business outcomes that you've been able to correlate to your AI-driven programs? So again, you know, in the context of, say, using something like a customer data platform and then utilizing that with, you know, with, with insights in terms of what you should, you should do, absolutely, it, it kind of goes in two directions. For me, it's the direction of how do you generate m- more revenue through cross-sell, upsell, better engagement with a customer um, or even deal conversion? Or how do you uh, protect revenue by, uh, by again, very, very uh, you know, promptly identifying customers that are potentially at risk of, of cancelling? So again, not that we, not we use this capability, but, you know, again, just through my reading and understanding of the marketplace. So I think a lot of what, you know, what we're seeing in terms of business outcomes has got to be, I mean, we're talking about it from an enablement perspective. Again, we're talking about revenue enablement. It has, has got to be that. It's got to be like, how do we help sellers be more confident, be focused and more productive and focus on the, the right deals at the right time and be more confident in that engagement so that they can increase their sales conversion rates, their win rates? Absolutely. And AI should be able to help with that. The CDP platform that I deployed at Elevon offered up a two to three times stronger win rate, a sales conversion rate than you would have on your average. And and it, it proved itself in that context. We piloted that and it proved itself in that context. And on the flip side as well, you should be able to then, you know, again, engage with customers that are potentially going to cancel. So you want to hold on to and protect that revenue. Again, you know, AI should be able to identify those customers before they go through that process, before they experience any dissatisfaction or any any challenges and they, they threaten to cancel. AI should be able to help you get ahead of that so that you can protect that revenue. Fantastic. Now, last question for you, Arup. With AI technology and capabilities constantly evolving, what predictions do you have for the future of these tools and how they might continue to drive innovation and enablement? I think, you know, one of the biggest trends I think that we'll see over the next, certainly the next three to four years is consolidation. I think there's a lot of applications and platforms out there clearly you know there will be some consolidation that that happens it happens all the time each of the different providers and kind of players in the marketplace are are just trying to identify which part of that revenue value chain do they not have in their mix today that they could stretch into and is there a platform in that place oftentimes facilitated by ai that you know that the kind of the primary player could buy so again i think that consolidation of these different tools and, and, and capabilities so that the, the sales stack starts to become a more, more, for want of a better expression, consolidated, right, is, is kind of the direction that it's going. And I think that the part of the challenge, again, that's a double-edged sword, that makes it easier sometimes for uh, a customer, you know, a kind of a buying client in, in that space that's looking for those types of tools. It makes it easier for buying client to get to the right decision. But also, I think it, it sort of, it, you know, you could end up with a loss of some of the sophistication and some of the, the kind of the features and the benefits and the, the quality of the, the capabilities in terms of the current context as, you know, as it sits across all of these different providers. So consolidation, 
a good thing in some respects for buyers that want to buy AI, want to buy this kind of sales stack and, and, and marketing tech and want to buy stack and want to buy that capability. It's good because it simplifies the buying decision. But also maybe, you know, again, as I said, I think maybe a bit challenging in terms of loss of features and benefits, et cetera. So that, that's number one. I'd say absolutely consolidation is. I think number two, you know, again, within that technology space integration. So, you know, you, you want to see a number of the different key providers that, that are still big names that continue to have a, a market presence looking to integrate more across each other. So this notion of frenemies, you know, working closely with uh, another provider in that space in the sales stack and utilizing AI and machine learning, providers that are able to kind of work together and build out, again, thinking about that sort of that revenue value chain and being able to build out a kind of a coordinated, comprehensive solution set, I think that integration piece is going to be key. And I guess part of that integration piece will be, you know, how do you get much more API kind of glue-based capabilities, I suppose the likes of, say, something like a Trey or a Syncari or even a MuleSoft, those types of capabilities that help add your your AI and your, your AI-driven sales stack into your core business platforms that's the space where I think a lot of things will start to evolve. I think in, in you know in terms of AI, it, it's it's already driving a lot of sophistication. So you've already got speech analytics in terms of conversation intelligence and speech analytics that you know you already have that. You have text analytics, obviously you know in in terms of kind of revenue intelligence. Again, all of that's going on there. So the power of AI, it's 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 really fantastic as, as to where it's going. I think that the key will be how does that all start to come together in a more consolidated manner. Thank you so much, Arup. I greatly appreciated the opportunity to reconnect with you and have you share your insights with our audience. Thank you. No, it's very kind. Thank you very much for inviting me. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.